Romans 13, beginning in verse number 1. Romans 13, verse number 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. I have once again this week been struck by that verse, there is no power but of God. That is, that is a good thing to keep in your hearts, in your minds. Um, Joseph, that, was good. that would be good for Joseph, wouldn't it? He's sold into slavery and, and then he's in prison. Uh, there is no power but of God. Uh, talking about the wilderness and the children of Israel coming out of, the, out of Egypt. There is no power but of God. Um, the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore, and this is where we are this morning, verse number 7, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's, uh, let's go once again to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we humbly come before you, we come before your throne of grace, we come to obtain, uh, Father, help, mercy, and help in time of need. Father, here we are. We, we are not sufficient. I'm not sufficient. None of us are sufficient. Our sufficiencies of you, we look unto you. We ask of you to help us this morning, to speak unto us, to make yourself known and manifest unto us. Father, that as Paul said, that I might know him, that we might know thee, Father, um, that we might know this this power of God unto salvation, that we might know this, your gospel. It, it's called in your word the everlasting gospel. It's not a temporal thing. It's an eternal thing. It's everlasting, the everlasting gospel. We'll rejoice and praise you forevermore for the salvation that you have made known unto us. And one day, as we said earlier, with perfect hearts. Um, we'll be in perfect peace. Um, Father, we'll be in the perfect righteousness. And we long for such a day that we will be with you forever. But Father, here we are. We're willing to stay, though we're ready to go. And so we ask of you that you'd speak unto us this morning. We love you. We thank you for all that you are for us. All that you've given unto us. Help us to faithfully, uh, Father, and wisely as good stewards, use those things you've given unto us for your glory, that we might glorify you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So last week we talked about ministers. We, we have these, these ministers. The church is a minister 
uh, of the gospel. The, the uh, government, the state, is a minister uh, of sorts itself, and, and we know that it's got a function. It's, it's got a purpose. God's given it, ordained it, you know, for a purpose, and that purpose is to restrain evil, that we might have peace. You know, Brother JT was praying this morning. I've, I've heard, you know, Donnie pray in our midst this, you know, in, in the past. We've all prayed. We pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray that we might have peace. Um, we pray that evil might be restrained, that the government, the state would do its job and that it not, would not infringe upon those things that are not part of its purvey, that it would not infringe upon the church and seek to dictate to and to order you know, the church in, in things that we have one head, right? Our head is Christ. Our head is not the state. Uh, you know, Caesar's not Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ you know, is, is Lord. Uh, there have been times in our history that the state has arrogated the position of being over the church. Um, you know, there have been times that the church has had to stand against the state because the Caesars of this world, you know, have taken too much power to themselves. Uh, they've become drunk upon their own power and pride. They've regarded themselves as Lord, and they've demanded even to be worshipped. You know, Caesar would regard himself as a god to be worshipped. Um, you go to such places, and then this is one that came to mind. As you think about that sort of thought, one place that came to mind was Acts chapter 12. If you want to turn over there, Acts chapter 12 and verse number 20 is where I'll begin reading. The 12th chapter of Acts and the 20th verse. We were reading through Luke this morning, and we came upon Caesar. And we came upon Pilate, and we came upon Herod. And here in Acts chapter 12, we, we find Herod. Um, in verse number 20, it says, And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in his royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Why? Why did the angel of the Lord smite him? Because he gave not God the glory. And right then, at that moment in time, it says he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But notice this too. The word of God was, it grew and multiplied um, in the midst of this. Uh, so my point being, talking about men becoming drunk upon their own power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Men becoming drunk upon their own power and pride. I mean, it's reminiscent, isn't it, of Nebuchadnezzar? He stands out there, says, Behold this great Babylon that I have built, and what does God do? He sends him out into a field to eat grass like an ox uh, until his reason returned to him, and he gave God the glory. You know, So 
there have been times in church history uh, where we see this sort of thing happening where the state tries to step in and take upon themselves power that does not belong you know, unto them. They seek to minister in the church's arena instead of ministering in the place that God has set you know, them. But here in our text, we're called to give or to render to all their dues. When you think about Caesar seeking worship, <laughs> that's to be rendered to the true and living God alone and not unto a man. But tribute to whom tribute is due. What is, what is this tribute? What is the tribute? What are we talking about here? What do you think that means when we say the word tribute? Hmm? Not necessarily honor because we do have that word mentioned later in the verse. It is taxes. So it would be more or less like the income tax that we pay. Okay? Property taxes. You know, those are things that would be under tribute. How about the word custom? What do you think about that? Hmm? Yeah, custom, yeah. Um, well, that's, that's really an indirect tax. Okay? So we pay an indirect tax. How do we pay an indirect tax? Well, the, the things, the goods and services that we purchase, right? We pay a tax on those things, you know, indirectly instead of directly. So tribute and custom, those are, what do we think about those two things? Those are two things that are under the government's authority. Those are things that God's put them in that place, and they have that authority, and they tell you that you've, you know, you've got to pay this income tax. Well, if we're going to render unto them what is due, then we pay our income tax. We pay, you know, the, the taxes that, that come, you know, from buying whatever you buy at the store, you know, food or whatever it may be, gas. Um, you know, we, we can't suspend or give a holiday to the, 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 the taxes, the federal taxes on our gasoline that we purchase. But here recently, I guess they've done that. I, I guess the prices have come down a little bit, you know, as a result. But, but uh, those are things that we think about when we think about tribute and custom. You know, then we've got these words like fear and honor. Um, well, what about fear? You know, what are we going to say about fear? We're, 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 to, we're, to, we're, to, we're to render fear to whom fear is due. Well, if you, according to our text, if you do something that is against the law, you know, you, you need to be afraid of the fact that you're going to suffer the consequences. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a reality. You know, that's going to happen. But ultimately, we know that, 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 this, that a true sense of fear and reverence, you know, in, in that sense is due unto the Lord. And if we're going to reverence him and fear him, then we, then we reverence and, and, and we do the things that, 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 that the state has control over. You know, we give them those things that are due, you know, unto them. And even honor. You know, <clears throat> you may not like the current president, but he still holds a position of honor. You may not like the person, but he occupies the office. And that office is ordained of God. And so we give honor, you know, that is due unto that office. We see a lot of the reverse of that, don't we, in our day? Um, you see it, you know, on bumper stickers and things where there's, there's really profane ways in which they will, they will speak against, you know, leaders that they do not like. Um, I may not like the things that he's doing, but he is the person that I am convinced he is the person that God has allowed to be where he is. And so, therefore, um, he is... And, and you think about Daniel. <clears throat> think about how that he would come, you know, before the king. You see some of the language in the Old Testament, the way that Daniel would come before him. You know, O king, live forever. You know, there's honor that he gives unto that office. Um, you know, this was, a, this was an ungodly king, and yet he was addressing him in such a way. 
we're certainly not going to gain any favor in hopes of of speaking of the truth of God's word and of the gospel and of the God that we serve and of the Christ that there is that is our savior if we derogatorily address you know we're not going to be able to have an ear you know of of the king or of the mayor or of the governor you know if we address them in derogatory fashion um we're we're told in scripture aren't we we're given instruction about that aren't we we're not to speak evil of the ruler of our people Uh, we're not to do that uh it's easy to do because there's lots of people around us that are doing it um and they are continually um you know dogging the man you know and the office um, and who would have thought we'd have seen a day we, we just we, we we sang you know a hymn about our country who would have thought we would see a day that there would be people that would be marching in the street you know that would be wanting to abolish uh, all that that there is and 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 be put under another type and sort of government that is more oppressive um all I can all I can say is well, there's two things I can say, but all I can say about that is they didn't have to fight for it, and so it's easy to give it away. You know, it, it's just like the parent that, that buys their children their children a car, um, and and maybe you've seen this before. I've seen this, you know, on on the internet where you know a, a wealthy family and they they buy their they buy their daughter this car that she wanted. And it's an expensive, you know, sort of sports car. And she's in tears because it wasn't the color she wanted. You know, that's the kind of world, you know, that, that, that we live in. And she didn't have to work. She didn't have to earn the money. You know, she's not even having to earn the money, probably to put gas in it or pay for the insurance. And so the car doesn't mean anything to her. And, and, and she, can, she can, you know, park it wherever she wants to. She's not trying to take care of it. You know, she doesn't care whether, you know, anything happens to it per se because mom and daddy's going to buy her another one, you know. And so these things are given and so they don't mean anything. But we know this salvation that is ours in Christ has come at a great cost. And therefore, it is precious unto us. It is precious. Um, so, you know, when we look at these, these terms that were given here, we are to render unto those what is due unto them. I'm to honor my father and mother. You know, there are things God has, has called me to do. I am to honor, you know, the king. Um, you know, so we don't have a king per se, but we are to honor those people. My employer, I'm to honor that person. Guess who my employer is? It's two of my younger brothers. I'm to show honor unto them. You know, that's, that's, that's God's called me. God's called me to pray for them. God's showed, called me to show honor unto them. Um, you know, so, um, you know, the, I've, I've taught my children to be, I tried to teach them to be respectful and Andrew will say, yes, sir, enough to me that I'm finally like, okay, son, that's too many yes, sirs. <laughs> you know, it, it, it it's, it, but it, it's there. It's just, it's ingrained, you know, with, within him. Um, you know, I, I know my dad went through military training, you know, and that was ingrained, you know, within him to the point that when he came out of the military and I'm growing up, you know, there's a piece of trash on the floor, you know, on the ground. He said, you know, pick that up, son. You know, they had to, they had to walk. What'd y'all call that? When you, when you'd walk the grounds and you'd pick up trash, police in the grounds, you know, here we were, you know, walking and dad say, we need to pick that up, you know, leave and leave this place better than you found it. Well, there's something to be said for that, isn't there? There's an honor, you know, given even of the places that we go. You know, if we make a mess, you know, Dad and I were eating at Whataburger the other day. 
and there's an older lady that has been there for a long, long time that she cleans all the tables. I figure she's probably in her 80s. And uh, she walked up and she said, can I take a tray? And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, give me just a minute. And I pulled the tray over to the side of the table and I began to salt, you know, granulars and things that were on the table, began to push them off onto the tray. You know, what's that going to do? You know, what am I seeking to do? I'm seeking to honor the Lord. You know, certainly I made that mess. Yeah, that woman's getting paid to clean it up. But, but, you know, might if I go there enough and, 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 and do that sort of thing before her, you know, maybe one day she might ask me, what is wrong with you? You know, why would you do that? Nobody else does that. You know, or maybe there's three or four other people that do that. Why is it there's three or four of you people that do this sort of thing? Well, let me tell you about the God that I serve. You know, be ready to give an answer. You know, them that ask are the hope that lies within us. You know, so, I mean, I, you, you think about the culture that we're living in right now. I mean, everybody is just, seems out to get everyone else. And, you know, if a fellow's coming across the grocery store parking lot and I'm getting out of my truck and, and he's unloaded his groceries and he's taking his cart, you know, four or five cars down to be able to put it in one of those racks, which a lot of people don't do. And I say, sir, can I take that from you? Or ma'am, can I take that from you? Um, just maybe. You know, maybe I might get a chance to speak to somebody, you know, about the Lord. I don't know. I don't know. But if nothing else, I'm seeking to honor, you know, the Lord. And if I have an elder or there's a lady walking to a door and I can open that door for her, you know, um, and Teresa's probably thinking, why don't you open the door more for me? You know, I do. I do. She gets, she, sometimes she'll test me. She'll stand there. You know, as we come to a doorway, not necessarily even, not, I mean, there's not a door there, but she'll test me and she'll say, I'm going to see if you're going to go first. I'm like, no, you're going to have to go. And maybe I got something in my hands that I'm holding, having the care, and it's heavy, you know, and she'll finally give up and she'll go, you know, but <clears throat> there's an honor that's due, isn't there? There's an honor that's due to our elders. Um, there's an honor that's due to people in position. Uh, there's different places, different honors that are due. What are we doing? Are we just fulfilling some sort of custom in a different way? You know, are we just doing, well, I was raised that was the right thing to do. You just, you go to church on Sunday. Well, that's not happening much anymore, is it? You know, my mama raised me to go to church on Sunday. You know, they might not have cared of anything about being there, but they were there on church on Sunday because their mama said, you know, that they were supposed to do that even after their mama was gone. Um, you know, there was some honor, you know, there. Um, and who knows? <clears throat> After the mama's gone, been praying for that son for all those years. Lord, have mercy, you know, upon him. He was going all that time for that reason, for mama, you know, but then the Lord saves him and he starts going for a different reason, that he might glorify God, you know. So we are to render some things and they are due. They are owed. And, and we didn't read that verse, but the very next verse, look at the very next verse in, in Romans 13. <clears throat> we won't get there today, but it says, Oh, no man, anything. Well, we're to render unto those that which is their due. It's owed unto them. You know, honor is owed unto the office. Uh, you know, if that's a parent or that is, you know, uh, a, a mayor or an employer or the president, you know, it's, it's owed. Income tax, custom, you know, it's owed unto. So, <clears throat> these are the things that we are called to to render. We are to render these things unto those that it belongs unto. <clears throat> Think about it. 
when, when the whole subject of tax came up before the Lord, and he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. That thing that belongs unto Caesar, render it unto him. If it's custom, if it's tribute, if it's honor, render it unto him. But the things that are the Lord's, you know, you know, render those things unto God. And there's a difference, isn't there? You know, for us, we're doing it to honor God. We're doing it to glorify God. Uh, we're doing it because God's called us unto it. Because it's obedience unto Him. That's why we're doing it. You know, other people might do it just because it's the right thing to do. You know, but we're seeking to do it because we seek to honor God. You know, it's just like we talked about not long ago, one of the hymns that we sing. You know, there something lives in every you that Christless eyes have never seen. You know, we look at nature and we glorify God, you know, in it. They look at nature and just say, oh, how pretty that is. Um, you know, we, we may sing, my country, tis of thee, and thank the Lord for what he's given us as far as the liberties that we have, you know, here, where other people just sing it because it's a patriotic, you know, sort of a hymn to sing. You know, we have a higher reason, a higher purpose, a higher calling that we've been given. Um, he's worthy. Our God is worthy of our worship, not Caesar. You know, Herod was, he was glad. Go ahead, yes, worship me. Say that my voice is that of a God, not of a man. Uh, but he's not worthy of our worship, is he? Caesar's not worthy of our worship, but our God is. He who has given himself a ransom for our sins and has purchased uh, us for his own possession and done what none other um, could have done. Pharaohs and Nebuchadnezzars have been humbled by him, haven't they? And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, you know, there have been some in, 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 uh, in church history who have believed that the church and the state belong together as naturally as the body and the soul of man. And in a sense, okay, but they are distinct. I mean, that, that's getting a little close for me because body and soul, that, that's kind of joined together in a, in a sense until the Lord divides those things. But there is a division between church and state. Um, they've, they've gone so far as to where the church is, is in, and the state are kind of one, you know, and, and the state has even gone so far as to carry out church discipline, you know. Um, but that's not what we see here in the other scripture, you know, that we have in, in the New Testament. I mean, people could point back to the Old Testament and they can say, and I meant to bring a book with me and I forgot it and I, I knew I would. I should have put it right with this and, and I thought I'll get it later, but I'm getting older and I wanted to read something to you, but it's, it's I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll try to send it to you uh, if I can. Did you, Brother JT, did you get my text? Okay, all right, just make sure it was still going through. In case I send this, that way you'll get it. But, um, sure, right. Mm-hmm. We rule over you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another position. Right. There's honor there. Mm-hmm. There is. There is. And, and uh, you know, I've, Brother Johnny has, has, has probably put an exclamation point on that for me more than, than anybody else, you know. Um, not to take away from, you know, anybody here, but, but when he comes and he preaches, you know, he's, he'll, he'll draw me aside. And here I am younger than him, 
You know, here I look up to him. You know, he's, 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 he's showed me a lot, taught me a lot. He's, he's been there for me uh, a, a lot. And, and, and been, you know, a, 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 there's a lot of men that are in this position, not just him, but a lot of men that have kind of been spiritual fathers in a sense, you know. Um, and so he'll, he'll say, he'll, the whole time he's here, he makes it a point to continue to call me pastor. And, and he'll say, you're the pastor. You're the pastor. I mean, here I've called him, you know, here, you know, and I know I'm responsible for this pulpit. You know, I have that responsibility. I mean, the people that I call, that I call to come and preach, I mean, I have that responsibility for, I don't just call anybody, you know, I want to bring, you know, I want to pray about who comes and I want the person that comes to be the one that the, that the Lord would send at that time with that message for us that we need at a particular, you know, moment, you know, in, in, in our own lives. Um, but uh, I understand, you know, that's, that's a reality and it's true. That's another position. Uh, absolutely, brother, that, that we're, we're called, even though it makes me, it, you know, some people would become drunk on that, couldn't they? They could, you know, pastor, reverend, you know, to me, every time I hear it, it's humbling, you know, it's humbling. I have trouble receiving praise, you know, in that area. I've seen men that have, have graciously done it. You know, I don't, Yes, that's true. That's right. Yeah. You know, Brother Pounds used to say one finger's pointing at you and three back at, at him, you know, uh, and that's a reality, you know, but it's somebody come up and say, well, I, I enjoyed that message. Well, the only thing that I can say is give God the glory, you know, um, you know, give God the glory, uh, because if there's anything, it's like you was praying before, if there's anything you were talking about wisdom, but if there's anything that you receive. I'm going to be the opposite here right now of Herod. If there's anything, to, it's not of me. It's not of me. It's of God. You know, if you receive anything, it's from him. It's not from me. Now, I'm, I'm willing to be the tool that he uses, but we all understand that it comes from God. Um, it doesn't come from man. It comes from God. No matter who that man may be, there, there may be preachers that come to your mind right now. When you think of a preacher, the word preacher is said, there may be men that come to your mind but that man's nothing but a man, you know, in one sense. But then again, like Brother JT says, he's been put into an office. And that office is, 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 we are to regard that office. We are to render what to do under that office, I understand. But it's, we know that it's not coming from that man. It's coming from God. Um, that's that's the, the reality of it. So, um, and, and, and we understand, even even those of us who are preachers. And we've got more than more than one of us here. And there's one there, and there's one there. Um, I don't know what you'd call yourself. I know Brother Woodruff, he, you know, I, I, I can call myself a preacher. And I said, well, every time you've got up and preached, you've blessed me, you know. <laughs> but he wouldn't call, he never would call himself a preacher. Um, but I, I regarded him as, as one. He received a word from the Lord, and he delivered it and declared it, you know. Um, but, but um, you know, we, we understand, you know, this, this thing of, it's, it's an humbling thing. To, to, and it's a fearful thing, isn't it? I mean, here we are standing. The first time I did this, I felt you know, this where we got about that much of a rise here on the platform. I felt like I was going to be pushed through it. You know, yeah. I mean, the weight, you know, that was there upon your shoulders. You know, it's it's uh, it's an awesome uh, task and responsibility. And I tell you, you could be hard on me. And nobody really has ever here in the time that I've been here, but I'm much harder on myself 
than you could ever be. Uh, and there's a lot of times that I've taken that one step down and I have felt like, well, that was just like, there's no way. Yeah, but God's, but God, right, sister? She was saying, but God. Here I get up here and deliver a message and I think, well, that was worthless. That was pointless. That, wouldn't, that couldn't have helped anybody. That couldn't have done anything. Well, as far as man's concerned, that may be true. That is true. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. With man, yes. But with God, no. It's not impossible. Even, even that message that I felt like, and there's a lot of times I feel this way. I have not had the time to spend in my study that I wanted to spend. You know. But then I get up here and the Lord helps. The Lord helps. Now, if I was lazy, Brother Jerry, and I said, you know, the Lord will help me on Sunday. I'm just going to lay out of my study and, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and do some things I want to do. No, I'm I'm tempting the Lord. I shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord, you know, in that you might still. You might still. I know Spurgeon climbed all those steps as he mounted, you know, the pulpit as he went up because, you know, it was the pulpit was about level with the second floor and every step he took. And this is where I've got to be. I've only got one step to do it with. He would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. He knew, you know, where his help was going to come from. He knew where the people's help was going to come from. And there was even people weren't there. I mean, if you read anything about the Metropolitan Tabernacle, there were people while he was preaching that were gathered together praying, you know, downstairs. Yeah, yeah, full of people praying. You know, yeah, that's, that's something to think about, isn't it? Um, we know where it comes from, though. It comes from God. And there is, you know, I, I, we're, we're, we're well past, you know, our time. You know, but I, I think we have, we have the, the, the gist of what, you know, is being said here, you know, in this, in this seventh um, verse. You know, I was going to talk some about, uh, just kind of give you somewhat of an outline. I was going to talk some about the, the church becoming power hungry, not the church, but the state becoming power hungry and arrogating to itself, the state arrogating to itself, that which does not belong unto it and how it's done that, you know, <clears throat> in, in times past. And, and I was going to read to you Psalm 2. Go back and read Psalm 2, the second Psalm. You know, it's, it starts out, why do the heathen rage? Why do the people imagine a vain thing? You know, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. They're not going to prevail against the church. Even though the state would like to cast you know, our, our, uh, our bands from them. Uh, but we have a foundation and it's sure. And it's built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said he would build his church uh, and the gates of hell would not prevail, you know, against it. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about the, the church of England uh, and how that, that the, the parliament still meddles in church affairs, you know, there to some extent. Um, and, you know, in, 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 in the 1600s, that's why the Puritans left. You know, it was because the government was mandating to them, you've got to use the Book of Common Prayer. You know, you've got to wear certain vestments, and you've got to use other ceremonial aspects, ceremonial aspects and state-regulated worship. Um, and then they left and came here, and they started doing the same thing, you know, when they got here. You know, but um, this whole thought of rendering to those what is due, you know, really to me brings, you know, the other more important. I'm not saying this is not important. It is important. But the more important rendering... You know, and that is to God. You know, render unto God what is due, you know, unto him. And that rendering is rendering unto these men what is due, you know, unto, unto them. Um, 
we could talk about, you know, First Timothy and exhorting that all, you know, supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, kings and those that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And, and um, you know, First Peter 2.17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle. I think this is important. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to who? The froward. Those who aren't good. You know, in general, the state's not always going to be good in general, um, and so that's going to be a reality. But um, and what I really wanted to read to you, and we just don't have the time. I'll try to send this to you if you want it. Um, but what where this brings everything into focus, and 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 you know, we could talk about church history and things that have happened, but where it really brings into focus, and it's not that I haven't mentioned it, you know, but in recent days. It would be the governmental, governmental authority trying to step in where it does not belong, you know, within the confines of the church during COVID. And there is a letter that if you have time to read it, it's really good. Uh, there's a letter that Grace Community Church in California where John MacArthur pastors, they pinned, the elders and pastors of that church pinned to the leaders, you know, in the state, uh, you know, about what they were doing and overstepping you know, their, their bounds. Let me just read some of it. It says, insofar as government authorities do not attempt to assert ecclesiastical authority or issue orders that forbid our obedience to God's law, their authority is to be obeyed as powers that God himself has ordained. That is exactly in Romans 13, 1 through 7. Um, it goes on to say, civil government is invested with divine authority to rule the state, not the church. The biblical order is clear. Christ is Lord over Caesar and not vice versa. Conversely, the church does not in any sense rule the state. Again, these are distinct, and I think that's what we were trying to establish last week as ministers, the state being a minister and the church being a minister. These are distinct kingdoms, and Christ is sovereign over both. Neither church nor state has any higher authority than that of Christ himself who declared all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And they talk about the family and the state and the church and each having, you know, its sphere of authority or sphere of authority. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a father of my family. I don't have authority over some other person's family. Um, and they go through, you know, those things. But... Um, they talk about the, the, um, the seriousness of the state overstepping its bounds and, and dictating to the church and how that, how that they, they were willing to comply for a time, you know, whenever they thought that it might keep the hospitals from being overrun, you know, with people that were sick. But when they saw that that was no longer the case, they said, you know, we can no longer abide, you know, by your regulations. Uh, and they were sued, you know, over the whole thing we know. But um, they said, but now we are 20, more than 20 weeks into unrelieved restrictions. It is apparent that those original projections of death were wrong, and the virus is nowhere near as dangerous as originally feared. He says, still, still roughly 40% of the year has passed away with our church essentially unable to gather in a normal way. Pastors' ability to shepherd their flocks has been severely curtailed. The unity and influence of the church has been threatened. Opportunities for believers to serve and minister to one another have been dismissed. Um, 
and the suffering of Christians who are troubled, fearful, distressed, infirm, or otherwise in urgent need of fellowship and encouragement has been magnified beyond anything that could reasonably be considered just or necessary. You know, so that, that falls right into the category of the things you know, that we've been, been speaking about. Um, there was one other part I wanted to read, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll send it to you. It's, we've, we've, like I said, we've gone um, over already. Um, but rendering to the Lord, it made me think of Psalm 116. Rendering of those, what is, is their due, right? Well, Psalm 116 says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I mean, oh, think of, we, we sing a hymn, don't we? Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. Count your blessings. You know, we, we, could we name them all? We couldn't. We couldn't name them all. We don't know them all. There are things God does for us during the day we don't even realize. <clears throat> blessings that he sends in our way that we don't even see. Sometimes because we're not looking for them. Um, <coughs> My mom frequently pointed those things out to me as we would drive day after day to work. Look at that. Look at the glory of that. I'm thinking about my desk already. I've got a 30-minute drive. I'm trying to prepare myself to sit behind that desk for eight hours and all the things that I've got to do within that eight-hour day. And she was calling me to behold the glory of God. And I was passing by that blessing, just driving right by it, you know. Um, And it was good. It's good to be reminded. What shall we render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards us? What better thing can you do but what the psalmist says? He says, I will take the cup of salvation. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. The Lord's been my help thus far. How could I best glorify him? Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, the situation, I don't know what to do. I I, 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 I need understanding and I, I don't have it. How am I going to praise the Lord? Seeking Him, asking of Him, looking unto Him, calling upon Him. I will take the cup of salvation and will call upon the name of the Lord. And then you go down to verse number 17 and it says, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I mean, how often have we asked the Lord for something and have failed to give thanks for it? I'm afraid I've done that before. I'm afraid I've prayed about situations and saw the Lord deliver. It may have taken a while. You know, or, 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 and maybe that's the reason, or it may happen right away. And I've forgotten to lift up the cup of salvation and say, behold, you know, our God, see him on his throne. Come, let us adore him, that, that hymn that we sing. You know, let me praise him for all of his blessings. Let me praise him for his goodness and his mercy towards me. I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I mean, you think about tools that we have. How do we best honor that tool? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take it, Brother Jerry. It, it's, it's made for this, and I need it to do that, but I'm just going to take it and put it over the shelf, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll polish it, keep it, you know, safe. No, the best honor for that tool is, is to use it, right? We put it to use. I mean, on, I mean, here I got a, we had to climb up a fuel tank the other day. Ryan and I did. And, uh, you know, I, I could have scaled the side of that tank, you know, 
and, and, and tried to wrestle my way up over the top of it and finally get up there to the hitch point, you know, where we could grab a hold of it and lift it off because it sat there, you know, for about 12 years, Brother JT, and it had some old fuel in it, and we need to clean it out, you know. Or I can go get a ladder, and I can honor, you know, the, the ladder for the purpose the ladder's been given for. You know, and I know that that is such an insignificant illustration, but I'm trying to, to, to illustrate this point that the psalmist, how do we glorify God? We call upon his name. You know, what shall I render unto him for all his benefits towards me? Call upon his name. You know, that's what we'll do. Um, well, I'll leave you considering um, this next psalm in light of our nation seeming to be, as I said before, on fire and under the judgment of God. Um, psalm 46, if you want to turn with me, I'll, I'll read this and then we'll, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Um, we'll just use this as our, our closing words. Psalm 46, beginning in verse number 1. I, I know you know these words. You probably could recite them, you know, by heart. Um, Psalm 46, verse 1 says, it begins this way. It says, God is our refuge. God is our refuge. A very present. God's not far away. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Fear who? What man can do unto us, right? Though the earth be removed. That's pretty significant, isn't it? The earth being removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, and then we have that pause, right? Selah. You know, consider these things. Think upon these things. There is a river. Though those things are happening, though there's all of this that's going on, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. God's in our midst. The church, she shall not be moved. A tree, right, planted by the waters, the, the roots are going there, you know, into the river, like a tree that's planted, I shall not be moved. You ever sung that hymn before? I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. Like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged. That sounds like Psalm 2, doesn't it? The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us, right? The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. When that war in Ukraine ceases, it'll be the Lord that caused it to cease. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Or he drowns horse and rider, right? But here's the point. Verse number 10. Be still. All this stuff's going on. You know, all these, the, the earth, you know, is being shaken. There's, there's stuff being cast into the sea. The sea's roaring, right? Be still and know that I am 
am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Ask Pharaoh. Ask him if if God was not exalted. Did not God say unto Pharaoh, For this purpose I raised thee up, that he would show forth his power. Right? I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That's the place that we have to go to take shelter. You know, that's the place that we run and, and find safety. And God says unto us, Draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto thee. You know, we can take shelter under his wing, right? I mean, you've seen the chickens before? I know I said I wasn't going to say anything else. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but you've seen the, those chickens and, and all the little baby chicks getting under the mama chicken's you know, wings. Here we are taking shelter. He is our refuge. He is our hiding place, right? I mean, you think Corey Tinboom wrote that, that book, The Hiding Place. Where do you think she was all those years in that Nazi you know, prison camp? I guarantee you the Lord was her hiding place. The Lord was her shelter. The Lord was her refuge. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our hiding place. The Lord is our place of safety. The Lord is our place of peace in the midst of seeming chaos and all the things that are erupting all around us. Um, The Lord is our refuge. We have a refuge. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Well, there's, there's no doubt more that could be said, right? But I've already taken you to one o'clock. I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. <laughs> You've seen the Reese's commercial, right? Where the bite's missing out of the Reese's. Not sorry. No. Uh, there is a sense in which I am because there are those that have driven a distance. There is a sense in which I am because I don't want to wear you out. You know, um, where you, like, I, well, you play, I, can't, I can't sit anymore. This, this pew's getting hard. You know, I don't want that either. Um, I would say try standing, but there's at least two other men here that have done that. <laughs> you know, try standing behind here for all the time. You know, it gets tiring back here too, right? It can. My feet can get tired. I've had to sit in a chair before. I may be relegated to that one day. Thankful the Lord's given me some rest from the gout that I used to suffer and would have to sit in that chair right there um, behind here to be able to preach. Um, entertaining thoughts of, surely if I cut my foot off, it'd feel better. Um, but um, let us render unto the Lord the glory and the honor that is due unto his name. How can we best do that? By calling upon his name. By calling upon his name. You, you know anything you need to call the Lord, to call upon the Lord for? Are there any things going on in your life right now that you, that you have need of? Well, render unto the Lord the glory due unto his name and call upon him. Lift up the cup of salvation and say, Lord, fill it. Fill it. It started raining yesterday and I was joking with the kids. I said, open your mouth wide and the Lord will fill it. You know, it take a little while. Every little drop. You know, as, as little bit as came down yesterday, you'd be chasing those drops. We didn't get a whole lot. I don't know if y'all did. Did y'all get much yesterday? Nothing? Zero? A little bit? Yeah, we got a little bit. Did you get any, JT? Didn't get any? I'm sorry. I feel bad now. I got a little bit, and y'all didn't get any. Uh, Well, let's stand, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer.
hopefully I haven't preached long, so long that those of, that are, have traveled a distance can't stay and eat. But Because uh, we do enjoy having fellowship with one another, don't we? Uh, we enjoy that time together. There may come a day we don't have it. May come a day we can't have it. Um, well, let's let's pray. Um.